Thank you, Lord. God, we're not enough unless you come. And Lord, we must be enough right now because you're here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your holy name. You are holy. You are worthy, God. You're omnipotent. You're omnipresent, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless your holy name. We honor you today, sir. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated just for a moment. Pastor Doug, I didn't want to leave that moment. We're going to get back into it. As the kids leave and go back to Impact Kids, we're going to go back to it. At the end of service, we're going to have another little worship set because I'm going to talk about worship today. Some of y'all couldn't break through just then, and I'm going to share some reasons why, maybe. Or maybe you did break through and you just want to break through again. Or maybe you've always wanted to break through and you just really get in God's presence, but you just couldn't quite get there. So we're going to talk about that today. Okay, we talk about what worship is and what it's not. Um, We've been talking about the benefit of of fighting here the last four weeks. We've been talking about fighting, right? Um, Fighting for your your faith, fighting for your freedom, fighting for your marriage, and fighting for your family. You know, so whenever I have a scripture uh, or or a session, a a series that is kind of hardcore like that, is spiritual warfare, the next week I try to have something with a little bit more of the balm of Gilead, a little bit more healing and soothing, right? And so this week we're talking about worship. But, but then again, as I was saying this, God was like, this is a part of fighting. Because when you fight and you need rest, you're in the middle of that spiritual fight. When you need rest and you need um, to, to get away and have a little time, you need to get into the presence of the Lord. And you worship and you get in the presence of God. You, you, he who dwells in, in the secret place abide under the shadow of the Almighty, right? And so whenever you're in this fight and you're getting weak and you're getting tired or you need a breather, you, you need a break, then you run into the presence of God and you allow God to help you and to minister to you during this time. And that's what we're going to do. So what is worship? Well, the dictionary says the definition of worship is the feeling of expression of reverence or, and adoration for a deity. Okay. Well, what do you mean? So you mean, uh, ad- uh, you know, reverence and adoration for God. Well, yes, God, but all gods. Because just worship, there's a lot of people who worship all kind of gods. They worship, you know, Muhammad, and, 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 and back in the day they worship Baal. They worship, you know, Muhammad and, 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 and Krishna and, and Allah and all these different, this, these all false religions and stuff. And some, I know, I, I personally know somebody who worships trees. They're into the nature thing and they worship a tree. And, and I'm like, you know, the, the only tree I even want to think about is the one that my father died on, right? But, um, the, but, the, there's, but the Hebrew word, okay, you know, we can't, we, we, we're kingdom men packed, so we, we like to, you know, I'm going to go to Israel next week, and next Saturday, I'm leaving um, Saturday morning and be gone for two weeks, and, and I think, as, uh, as uh, Craig already said, please, um, come to church, be faithful when I'm gone. That, that shows that a church is successful and that it's not about the pastor, and I know it's not about me anyway, because I'm, I'm not enough unless he comes. But please be faithful over the next two weeks and come, come and, and, and be here. And so I, and the second week, I will, I'll, I'll send you all a, a video from Israel and speak to you for a couple of minutes. And it's, but both weeks are going to be amazing. But the Hebrew word, well, I'll go back to the Hebraic roots um, for worship. The worship for, um, in the Old Testament for worship is histakfa, histakfa. And it's used 70 times in the Old Testament. In the Greek, in the New Testament, it's, it's proskuneo, um, um, and that's used 26 times in the, uh, in the, in the Gospels. 
And then, and it's mainly talking about people coming down and bowing down before God or before Jesus, right? Um, that's what mainly talking about. It's used 21 times just in the book of Revelations. And, and, and it literally means, because you know he, the Hebrew words are really um, uh, a lot of, it's very, they're very picturesque. Hebrew likes to show you a picture of things. Um, so, you know, like, you know, whenever someone's name in the Bible, they would tell you them, they would tell you their name, and that name, the, the meaning of that name pretty much was a picture of their life, right? You know, Jacob was a heel catcher. You know, he was, a, you know, he, he was the one who grabbed um, his, his brother's heel and tried to come and pull him back in the womb, and he wanted to be the first um, so he could get uh, the birthright. So anyway, but it literally means to bow down with reverence and respect, you know, we can't do that. Um, we, we can't do nothing if we're, not, if we're constantly laying on the floor, though, right? So, you know, well, so I got to just lay on the floor the whole time? Well, no. You know, someone came in this morning and just in worship, they bowed down before the Father and just in worship and adoration to Him. They were just, just bent over, right? But, but, but so, well, what does that mean? If I, then what do I do? How am I supposed to do that? It's talking more about the posture. It is talking about posture, but it's about the posture of your heart, not the posture of your body. Because your body can be on the floor the whole time and you ain't worshiping nobody but sleep. Getting them, you know, getting them carpet boogers, right? Just, 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 just sitting there, laying there, just, just, just gone, you're gone. Yeah, they worshiping, no, they sleep. They ain't got, I've seen that in the church before, you know. When the little kids, you see little kids up under the, under the pews whenever you had a, 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 a four-week revival, they were back laying up under the pews, right? They weren't, they weren't worshiping, they were sleep. Look at my son laid out in the Holy Ghost. No, he's sleep. Okay. But, but so anyway, so, so the thing, but Warren Wiersbe, I love his writings. He says, he says, worship is the believer's response of all that they are, mind, will, emotions, and body, to what God is and, and, and what he says and what he does. Worst, true worship is when we line up our body, will, mind, and emotion in one line, in one accord, and we just worship God with all of that. That's true worship there. Worship must have heart, and worship must have head, okay? The, the, the head. So, you know, worship engages, it engages your emotions, but it also engages your thoughts. And that's where a lot of times we can't really get into worship because we're emotionally moved by the worship, as we just were, but at the same time, our thoughts are elsewhere, Several times while ago, I, I kept catching myself getting sidetracked and thinking about this and that and the other, and, you know, and, 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 and I kept getting distracted from my worship. And so every time I'm distracted from my worship, my worship, my worship level, my worship tank, if you'd say, goes down a little bit. And you've got to build it back up. And you get distracted, you get distracted. What happened with Peter? Right? He was worshiping God. He was in Jesus. He was right with Jesus. He got distracted, and he began to sink, right? But worship is not, you know, we think, well, we're going, to do, we're going to worship. Well, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to get up there. We're going to have a worship team. We're going to have a worship band. We're going to have a worship leader. And we're going to get in worship. And that's what worship is. Yes. But the thing is, is, is worship is not tied to a band. It's not a tied to a, an acoustic set. It's not, a, it's not tied to a worship leader or a praise team. It's not, a it's not tied to tracks. And it's not tied to instruments. That's all preference. And that's okay. You know, if you like one or the other, that's okay. But it's not tied to none of that. Worship can be done all alone in the middle of the wilderness. You know, uh, Matt Redman, I think it is, um, that wrote that song, um, you know, uh, Heart of Worship. And he, ta and he talks about when all is stripped away at the very beginning of the song. And then in the middle of it, he says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you. 
Okay, that's talking about focus. That I'm not, that I'm, it's all about you. It's not about me. It's not about my church. It's not about, well, it's not, first of all, it's not even my church. It's God's church. And I don't even, I don't own nothing. I'm just, I'm just a servant. But, but it's all about God. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. You know, praise, praise is, okay, you have two types of, you, when you come in, we have praise and worship. Praise is, is singing or talking about him. And worship is talking to him. Okay? Praise is what he can do for you, you know, and, and, and worship is who he is to you. Now, if you can just get those two lines right there, you'll walk out of here a changed person, okay? You know, we come in here and we sing, you know, praise. Look what the Lord has done, right? He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time, right? You remember the old thing, and, it, and then the, and the drums. Anybody can play the drum beat, right? You know, or they, even that song. I'm gonna see a victory. That's all that song. That's praise, 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 right? And then you have, worthy is your name, Jesus. That's 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 worship. You know, you're worthy of it all. That's worship. That's worship. You know the song we were singing a while ago. Then you have some songs. The modern. Worship has really done a cool thing where they put a little bit of praise and a little bit of worship in it. Like, like if, you, if you sing Jira, that's a beautiful song. It's talking about, you know, you're more than enough. But then it's talking about, about what he's done for you. And then it talks about you're more than enough. Another one is, I'm going to wait on you. It's talking about, you know, that song. And it's, again, it's, it's mixing praise and worship together. Another one that mixes well together is Waymaker. You know that one? We sung it last week, I think. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, right? So, um, but, but, but music is just part of a worship. If you think that music, when you come in here on Sunday mornings in public um, corporate worship, is what worship is and it's encapsulated in that, you are sorely wrong and you are missing out on what true worship truly is. Worship is a lifestyle. You're, that your heart is all the time prostrate before the Lord. At work, at play, at school, at church, everywhere you go, your heart is prostrate. Just laying before the Lord in the spirit way, okay? You're walking around, you're still doing stuff, but your heart is always turned toward him. God, lead me. The steps of a good man and woman are, are led by the Lord, right? So, Lord, lead me. I'm just, my heart's bowed to you. You lead me and guide me. That's a heart of, that's, that is worship. Your life should praise him. I want, I want that. When I'm laying in the casket one day, I want somebody to say, man, his life praise and worship God, Jehovah. The, the key to worship is intimacy. You know, into me you see. That's what worship is. Intimacy. You know, when you're talking about husband and wife, into me you see. You see inside each other. You, you know, you, it's, it's intimacy. Whenever you're, with, whenever you're worshiping God, it's intimacy with him. You're seeing into him. You're seeing who he is. Worship is all about him. So you got public worship, and then you got private worship. Private worship is when you're worshiping alone without a big group of people. That you're at home, you're in the car, you're wherever you're at, you're in the bathroom, you're in the shower, I don't care where you're at, but you know that you are private worship. Now, I want to tell you right now, if you don't have private worship, you will never have public worship. And if you do, it's fake. Well, you can't really fake worship. You can fake, you can, you, you can fake praise, but you can't fake worship. Because worship is intimacy, you know, you know, and so, 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 so the thing is, but if you, you got to have that private time, you got to have that time where you're just worshiping God with music, you can worship God without music, 
You know, and you, you know, and we'll talk about some more. But, but anyway, so, so it's not just because just because you're participating in something does not mean that's the way you live. There's a lot of people who come to church that aren't aren't Christians, right? John four twenty one through twenty four. Title of my message, I forgot to tell you, Spirit and Truth. I think they probably had it up there. But um, Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, this is where he's at the well, right? Um, dear woman, the time is coming when, when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this, on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know um, very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit, so those who... um, who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The big takeaway from that is what he said right there is that, is that it's not where you worship, it's how you worship. You know, so, so it's how you were, how are you worshiping, you know, in spirit and in truth. It's all about that. It's not about if you go, because you know they had to, well, there had to be a site. You had to go worship on the mountaintop. You had to go worship in a tabernacle. You had to worship here. You had to worship there. God's like, uh-uh, that, that, it's, it's all about the posture of the heart. I love um, Psalms 100, and you know, it, it talks about entering to his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Well, the message, you know, y'all know I like that because it kind of it's a paraphrase. I just love how this is paraphrased. Okay, it's not a translation; it's a paraphrase. Okay, so don't get me wrong. But it says, "Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise, thanking him, and worshiping him." And it, that, he gets that from. You enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. See, when you come to church on Sunday morning, the very first thing you do when you walk through that door, all of us, including myself, we should say thank you. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. The gate is a door. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. God, thank you for all you've done for me. I'm just here to worship you. I just thank you, Lord. Lord, I'm entering to the gates. The pass, what's the password? Thank you. I love what Robert Madu said. He was, he was preaching one time, and he said, that, that whenever you go to a coffee shop or, or wherever, and you don't, you don't say, Miss Waitress, where's the router at? Where's the router? Where's the router at? I need to know where the power source is coming from. I don't need to know where, where all the Internet's coming from. So I, no, you say, what's the password? Because you know if you get the password, then you have access to everything the Internet has. Right? So you have that password to the Internet, and you do it. So whenever we, we get... When we say thank you, that's like the password. That's to be enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, right? And that's a password because thank you is a password to the presence of God. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. So you begin praise, and God knows because you begin to praise God and thank God for all the good things he happens and that happened to you, that he's done for you. You praise him, you praise him, you praise him, and then what happens? God says, I will inhabit the praises of my people. When he inhabits us, what is that? His presence. So you praise, and then inhabitation comes, and worship begins. Oh, my God. God, John gave us three beautiful points here. First off, he said God is looking for worshipers. The Father, God of the universe, is looking for worshipers. He's a jealous God. He's a jealous God, and he wants you to worship him. 
Why does he want you to worship him? Because he knows if you begin to praise him and, 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 and then you begin to worship him, then his, his presence is going to come and be with you, and he can be with you through that experience. So praise and worship. Number two, God, God needs to be worshiped in spirit. You know, and is that, is that by his spirit or in my spirit or through this? I think, I think, let me, I think it's, it's both of those. Let me, let me see here. Because we have to have a spiritual life. We are a spirit, right? You know, so, so we, can, we, can, we can praise with our flesh. I can just throw my, I can just throw my hand up, but I'm not, I'm not really worshiping, right? You know, and, and, you know, all pastors always use this illustration. That you say you can't raise your hand. You say you can't say amen. You say you can't go woo or whatever you want to do. Like old Rick, Rick Flair, right? But the thing is, though, is that, you know, you know, this afternoon when a Dallas Cowboy plays, you know, I'm going to get out of my chair and say, yeah! I'm going to shout. I'm going to pump my fist. I'm going to throw my hand in the air. Right? You know, and all the rest of the losing teams is going to kind of just sit there when you're, you know. But, but the thing is, though, is, is men, the quietest men, I don't, I don't worship it, but, man, they will, woo, or race car track or whatever it may be, you know. You're your child at a baseball game. You know, it's hypocritical for us to say, no, I don't, I'm not comfortable with that. But we're comfortable with it in the world setting. Why not in the, why not in the house of God? You know, because... You shouldn't be worried about what anybody else thinks because they should be working, focusing on God. Nobody should really know what anybody's doing anyway. It should be to an audience of one. But we have a spiritual life, with, and I, with, we need to make sure that when we're worshiping, it's with our, our whole life, we're not being distracted, that we're focused on Him with everything, fully engaged. That's the deep word. That's where deep calls unto deep. That's where, when you are totally focused on him, you have nothing in your mind. You've cast down all your cares. You've brought down every stronghold in your heart, in your mind. That's, that's, and you're focused only on him. That's where deep calls into deep. That's where you're not in ankle-deep water, knee-deep water. You're not in waste water. You're just floating in the presence of God. Where nothing else matters. A lot of people during worship are distracted. And you have, I am, I, I'm kind of ADD-like. And, and so you need, to, you, need to, you need to focus on that and keep bringing yourself back to center. Matthew 15, 8 and 9 says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands of God. Okay? Have you ever caught yourself singing a song during worship and not even realizing and thinking about anything you said? Okay, let's, I mean, let's be honest. I have. Okay, it's okay. You can say yes. I have. I've caught myself singing the words to the song and not thinking anything about the song. That I got my mind somewhere else. That is singing with my lips but not honoring him at all. Well, I sang worship, but I wasn't honoring him at all. I was just singing. Just, just a singing, right? I was singing. That's all it was. The heart of the matter. Okay, I don't know who said this. I don't know who quoted it, but I love it. The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. That's the heart of the matter. The prostrate, the, the, the posture of your heart towards God. You know, so by the Holy Spirit, we come alive. And our spirit, I mean, our worship needs to be spirit-led and spirit-filled. But also, you know, we have, the, we have the outward expressions, but that's just not enough. It's not enough to have the outward without the inward. If you have the outward without the inward, it's not true worship. God wants authentic worship. 
And he says you need, he needs to be spirit and in truth. God needs to be known truly. You can worship in the spirit, but not in the truth. You can halfway do that scripture. You can worship in the spirit. You can be all in, but not out of the truth of the word of God. There are some people up in the mountains that pass snakes around, right? Calling it godly thing. That's, they're, they're all in. <laughs> they're all in. But there's no truth in what they're doing. So they, so they can be worshiping in the spirit. Their whole spirit's behind it. Their heart, mind, and soul's behind it. But they're not going with the truth of God. There's people, there's people who, when they're worshiping, there's a new fad. It was, it went, I don't know, it's probably not, it's kind of gone now, but, which proves it wasn't really worship. But several years ago, right before the COVID, people would bark like dogs and stuff. You know, like I said, it's, it, they, they, they were all in. They were willing to make it, they were willing to, whatever, you know. <laughs> but 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 the thing is but it wasn't there was no truth with it we worship the true views of god not the false views of god so how do we worship true hearts for god tr a true heart of worship a true worshiper is worshiping and they're not trying to bring, bring attention to themselves they're not trying to look good they're not trying to look holy they're not trying to to show off you know when it's done and it's a true heart. Somebody could do something that, that, that may be a little extravagant, but, but the thing is that everybody, nobody looks at it because everybody knows the heart of the person. But you, you've seen those people that, that they do stuff just for show, and you've seen them do stuff. They want to run or they want to just, you know, just do something for show, right? So everybody can see my worship. That's not, that's not God. That's not true worship. And it has, the worship needs to be according to Scripture. And in John 14 and 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man coming through the Father except through me. He is the truth. So if you're going to go to the Father in worship, you have to go through Jesus with the truth. Because he is the truth. And, tr and falsehood cannot pass through Jesus to get to God. Okay? He won't accept that worship. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. You, you also can worship in truth but not the spirit. You may have the knowledge of truth. You know that worship is what I just said. You've heard everything I said, but the thing is, though, is but you're not all in it. You know the truth, but your whole spirit's not in it. You're just halfway in it. You're just partly in it. John Piper says a beautiful statement, and it helps us understand a little bit more clearly. He says, he is always with us, but we are only with him in pray, worship and in prayer. I'm sorry, that's my quote. Um, my, my, my words run together. Okay, here's the thing. He, we, we are always here, right? But here's what's happening. Whenever, a, a, in a church service, in a church service, there's, there's, there's two times that, that is for God. One time is when we're praying to God, and one time is when we're worshiping. Everything else, every other part of a church service is for us. I'm preaching. This ain't for God. He wrote the Word. He knows the Word. You know, the, you know, the altar call is for us, for him to bless us. When we pray, we're praying, but a lot of times we're prayer, doing prayer requests. You know, we have prayer requests, you know, and we have, uh, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of stuff going on, you know. And, 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 and you know, Miss, Miss Angie, we're praying for her because she broke her ankle and stuff, you know. And, um, and we have Miss Kimberly st is still sick, and we have, se we have several prayer requests. And there's, there's a number slipping in my mind right now, but, but, but it's important. And if you want to know what the, prayer, what, what the prayer needs are, you know, we have a prayer team, and you're welcome to be, be a part of that, or you're welcome to ask them what, what is going on. Um, uh, somebody's having surgery coming up. Oh, oh yeah, 
Amanda. Okay, Amanda. Amanda. Okay, so, but anyway, so, so all the, the whole service is for us, but when we worship, it's for him. That's a part of the service that is God's. That's why we don't need to squander it. We're going, what, what do you, what are you, are you going, people say, you going to worship today? You going to church to worship? But then we come to church, and we don't worship because it's all about us. God, pastor, feed me, feed me. I want more, I want more, I want more. Um, but when, when you do, um, it says, when you do, we, you will walk with him. You will truly know him. Your response will be authentic or truthful worship that is offered from your, from, from your spirit by the spirit, is what he said. He loves you, and he longs for you to know him. He wants you to worship him in spirit and truth. Worship is powerful because it accomplishes a lot of things. So what are some of the benefits of worship? One is it glorifies the Father. It magnifies the Father. It allows him to increase as I decrease. The closer you get into the presence of God, the more things are stripped away and and less of you and more of him. It unites us with the body of Christ. When we corporate worship, we are worshiping together. And we lift up our hearts and we lift up our praise. It, it makes us lift our head up. You know, when we're down and depressed, what do you do? You get your head down. And when you're, when you're down, you're depressed, and, you're, and, and you know, you're, you're all defeated, what does your, your mom or dad say when you're a kid? Lift your head up, son. So you want, that's what God's saying. Lift your head up. Lift your head. Don't be depressed. Lift your head up to me from where, where, where cometh my help, right? Psalms 42. I used, to, I used to, as a teenager, I used to think this was the dumbest scripture. Okay, I'm sorry, Lord. I just didn't understand it. Psalms 42. As a deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O Lord. As a deer panteth for the water, King James says, so my soul longs for you. I was like, what does that mean? What does that matter? Okay. I thirst for God, the living God. When, I, when, when can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while the enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is your, there's this God of yours? My heart is breaking, and I remember how it used to be. I walked in the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks um, amid the sound of celebration. See, the deer has an, an enemy that's trying to, a prey trying to kill this deer, and this deer is panting for the water, trying to get to the water, not so it can drink, so it can jump in the water and be engulfed with the water so the prey will lose its scent so it's safe. So that's what's talking about us. That's what that scripture means. You know, is that, that we, there's an enemy behind us, and if we can go jump into the presence of God... The, 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 you know, God has a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. So if we can run into that strong tower and get in his presence, we are safe. David's remembering, man, I used to lead worshipers and stuff, and right now I'm in such a depressed state. I'm here by myself. But just thinking about worship, just thinking about worship, pulled David out of that despair. He was taunted by his enemies. Where's your God now? Look at, look at your life. Look what you're going through. Look what's happening to you. Where's your God now? He just began to think about worship, and then all of a sudden, worshiping God the Father, and all of a sudden, everything came to pass. You know, and we use a lot of phrases for worship. You know, Come on, let's give him praise. Let's press into the Spirit of God. Let's, let's go into the throne room. Let's enter into the holies of holies. Let's go after him with everything that we have. So are we seeking him, or is he seeking us? 
Let's see what scripture says. Psalms 27 and 4. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing that I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. Psalms 105 and 4. Search for the Lord and strength, and for his strength. Continually seek him. Jeremiah 29 and 13. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. So, so okay, maybe I guess we're supposed to look for him. Let's go back to John 4, 23 and 24. What does it say, though? That was Psalms and Old Testament. What's, what's this gospel say? But the time is coming that indeed is now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So I think it's both. I think, I think God is looking for people who are looking for him. I think God is saying, I need somebody. What's the Bible? It says it, that, that he's looking to or fro for someone that will show them committed to him. He's looking. I'm looking for you. Where are you at? And then he sees us looking for him. Where are you at? Where are you at? And he's just, when he sees that we're looking for him, he's elated. And he wants us to be in his presence. It's all about being, man, in his presence. Troubles vanish. Hearts are mended in the presence of Jehovah. If we can just start seeking the presence of God more, not just at church, that's the problem. We get in his presence in, 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 here in church, and then we're thirsty and hungry the rest of the week because we're not seeking his presence. You can't eat one time a week and be okay with it. You, you don't have that nourishment. We need to seek God's presence during the week. We need to praise. We need to worship. We need to get in the word. You, you can get in the word and get in his presence. You can pray and get in his presence. You can sing and get in his presence. You will never worship him in spirit and truth if you say, I'm going after you, I'm going after you with all that I have. If you haven't already realized in your mind that he's coming after you with everything that he's had. He's already come after you. He's already died for you. And he's still coming after you. I love that scripture, not that scripture, but that book um, by Tommy Tenney, God Chasers. I want to be a God chaser. But also, like I said, he's looking for God chasers. He's looking for us. I need a God chaser. I need somebody that's going to come worship me so I can inhabit your praises so therefore we can be together. That's the best way to be with God is to be in his presence. You want to be close to God as you possibly can? Get into the presence of God. You will feel him wrap his arms around you and love you and care for you. When you recognize that, you'll understand that our worship is, that it, it takes your, your worship from shallow worship where you're just worshiping, you're doing your thing, to deep worship, to where you're engulfed in your, the presence of God. It won't be just part of a song. It won't just be part of a service. True worship will be the way that you live. There's different ways to praise and worship God. I think during worship night, one time I shared these, and I want to share with them with you again. Halal, it's, it's a Hebrew word, halal means to shine, to be bright, to celebrate. So when you celebrate, you are halaling. <laughs> yada, yada means to bless, to give thanks, hands outward. When you put your hand outward and you're blessed, you see somebody doing this right here, they're blessing God. God, I'll bless you, I'll bless you, I'll praise you. You're blessing God. Yada. Tehillah. Tehillah is singing praises to God. So when you're singing, you are tehillah 
This is Tehillim. Toda. Toda. I love this one. To receive. Extended hands cupped inward. So instead of blessing God, you're receiving from God. You seen people do this right here before? That means they're receiving from God. This means they're praising, blessing God. Cups inward. inward. This is, I, I am, I am todying. I am receiving from God. I want to receive from you. Okay? Barach means to bend or to kneel. When someone comes or you're at home or where you're bending or you're kneeling, you are barachim, barachim. And then shabach means to be loud and to, and to boast. Amen. Praise God. That's, that's your shabaking. You're, you're, you're celebrating with a loud voice. Okay. Zamar. They are zamaring right now. They're making music. When this worship team up here, they are David in Scripture. Every time it talks about he was playing music, that word playing music there was zamar. And then one of my favorites is halomai. To jump or to leap. You know me, I'm a jumper. I love, that's my response. And you're like, well, I'll do that if God wants me to. No, 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 no. Your worship to God is not going to be, he's not going to make you do anything. He's, not, he's a gentleman. He's not going to push you to raise your hand. He wants you to bless him. He wants you to let him know you want to receive from him. He wants you to know that he wants you to know, he wants you to feel excited. What's your response to your excitement in your heart for God? My, my excitement for in my heart when I'm worshiping is I just want to jump before him. You ever seen a little kid? You know, or even I mean, yeah, a kid. I don't wanna, it's, it's even better. It's probably said if you see a little puppy dog. You know, when I go to my mom's house, Annabelle comes running up, right? And, and, and she just sits there, and she's just like bouncing, she's just jumping like this right here, right? You know, please don't screenshot that on screen and take, put that anywhere. But, but she, she's just jumping, she's just jumping, she's just, she wants to see me so bad. So that's how I am. When I'm in the presence of God, I'm just like, I just want to be with you. I just want, I just want to jump before him. I just want to leap before him. Some people just want to praise. Some people want to cry. Some people want to come kneel. Some people just like, hey, man. Do you have to do that? No. Does it help? Yes. Because... You are putting forth an effort towards that. You are doing something to show him. Does it have to be that way? No. I had one man that really messed me up with all that because I saw one man and he said, Pastor Doug, you know what my best part of my favorite part of the service is? I was like, I was thinking, probably preaching or the altar call. Because this man never moved his lips, he never raised his hands. And he said, My favorite part of the worship, my favorite part of the service is worship. And he had to see my face. I was like, what? He says, because whenever the music starts, he says, you know, I don't really sing. You never really say, I raise my hands. He said, but in here, there's a crazy party going on. He said, my heart is beating so fast. My heart is jumping. I said, well, it's okay if you let that come out. <laughs> you know, but he was a man, you know, manly man. I'm like, man, you got, we got to get over this manly man stuff. In the presence of God, we are his children. And it's okay to be a child to the Lord and be excited and happy and joyful. And if we had time and we weren't going to do some worship at the end, I'd show you that, that video where that one man talks about all the pentecosts of worship. He's like, there's one, you know, you know, carry, carry the TV, you know, and then, you know, you know, so that, that, see that one? He talks about how people come up, they come up, and they're, then they're like this, and they're like this, and like this. And, you know, it's just funny. It's funny how, how the different types of worship. But, but praise and worship, when you do that, let me hurry, because it, it, it dissolves unforgiveness. 
more can happen in one second of you worshiping God in his presence than me preaching to you for hours. That's why I don't understand that, 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 that in, a lot, in, in most churches, when service starts, nobody's here. Halfway through worship, then, then they got one, you know, one, and sometimes we sing, you know, two praise songs, two worships, maybe three praise songs, one worship, maybe three praise songs, three worships, one praise. We, we mix it up. But, but, but don't miss that because when praise goes forth, it breaks through the spiritual realm. Praise is spiritual warfare. When you're praising and worshiping God, you're breaking through that so you, your heart can be palatable to receive what, I, what God has given me for you. So that's why, man, we need to be here. On, we need to, for the very first, these songs, they, they spend hours out here on Tuesday night practicing them. We're not, they're not up here for a show. They're up here to help you break through all the mess you're in so you can receive the, the unadulterated Word of God. In one moment of, of worship, sickness and disease can be dispelled. In one moment, you, you, can, you can feel lonely and unloved, and all of a sudden you feel most loved than anybody in the world. When you can be depressed, and depression can leave just like that. You can be full of fear, and like that it can change. And one moment of God's presence, God can dictate and change the, the direction of your life, of some decisions you made, and it can just totally thwart the, 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 the plan of Satan. But we're so, so many times we're distracted. We're so distracted. Just like some of y'all. I've been preaching such a good word here that God gave it to you. And some of you are still looking at my new tattoo. <laughs> You're like, I see that. Going to hell, going to hell. You know, okay, whatever. It's not scripture. But, but anyway, so, so the thing is we got to keep focused. Worship does not begin when someone picks up a guitar or comes and plays a keyboard. Worship begins in your heart in a daily walk with God. Realizing God's worth. Another deviation of worship is worth-ship. By your worship, you're showing Him how much He is worth to you. That is worship. Romans 12 and 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies as a living sacrifice. To give your bodies to God because all of He's done for you. Um, let, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship. God will accept or not accept your worship based on if it's from the heart or not. Cain and Abel one day, back in Genesis, way back in Genesis 4, Cain and Abel, I'm going to finish on this, came, came to worship God. Genesis 4, 3, and 5. I don't, I don't think I gave it to you, John. It was something in the last minute but, and, and the process of time it came to pass and Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat and the Lord respected Abel and his offering King James says that he accepted his offering but he did not respect or accept Cain's offering Cain was very angry and his countenance fell, and you know that Cain killed Abel. Abel's was accepted. Why? Because he brought an offering. And he understood that, that to come into God's presence, there had to be a sacrifice. When, when, the, when, the, when the priest went into the holies of holies, to the presence of God, there had to be a sacrifice of the lamb outside. Abel brought 
a sacrifice, a lamb in the fat. Cain brought some fruit. I brought some good fruit that I brought some of my best fruit. God's like, you, you just don't get it, do you? It's not about just bringing me stuff. I don't want your stuff. I don't want all your garbage. I want a sacrifice. So when we come to God and we want to get in His presence, we have to come into His presence by sacrificing ourselves and giving a sacrifice of praise that we don't feel like it. And we need to come with clean and pure hearts. That's why as soon as you walk through the door, even before you get here, we need to be head, we need to repent before Sunday will before we even get here. Whenever you start to pray, the first thing you need to do is, God, cleanse my heart and my mind. Prepare me to receive from you and to be abused by you. God, I just want to just repent of anything in my heart because I want to come to you with a, with, with a sacrifice. I don't want any sin in my life because I can't come to you with, with sin unless it's a sin of a repentance. So would you bow your head and close your eyes? So I want to ask you right now, maybe you want to worship. You, you couldn't worship in that first song because you have sin in your life. You're not a Christian. You don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, but you want to worship. And you know there has to be a sacrifice. You have to sacrifice your, your old life for the new life. Does anybody here today say, Pastor, look, I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I want to be saved. I want to sacrifice my old life. I want to become new. I want to worship God in spirit and in truth. I want to receive Christ. I want to be a Christian today. Does anybody at all want to raise your hand and say, I want to be a Christian? Okay. Then right here, before we go back into worship, I want every one of us to just begin to take a moment and begin to worship God and praise Him in your heart. And I want you right now to cleanse your mind, your heart, your soul. Say, God, if there's any sin in me, any, anything, I'm a Christian, I love you, I know I'm going to heaven, but God, if I have any un unconfessed sin, I want to worship you in spirit and truth. And so God, just cleanse me right now. Just purify me. So in this next just few minutes of worship, we're going to leave in a minute, but in this next little bit of worship time, Lord, just, just, God, I just want to, I just want to, I've never really been in your, your presence, presence. And I want to really be in the presence of God today. I really want to worship you. Maybe for you, you've never done it. Maybe that's raising a hand, two hands. Maybe, maybe it's through tears or crying. Maybe it's through bowing. Maybe it's through laying prostrate, you know. But I just want you to do it. And you're at home, the same thing. Move the stuff out of the way if you need to. But I want us to come and begin to worship. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow. Down here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together, Forget about everything else. All together, wonderful to see. Here I am to worship. Here I am to
Cause I'll never know See, I'll never know How much it costs To see my sin Upon that cross I'll never know I'll never know How much it costs To see my sin Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether Jealous for me. He's jealous for me. Oh, he loves like a herd. 